the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. What? Welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Howdy. Howdy. Welcome. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox and a two-year aftercare program. The detox portion is inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. Uh, we have an amazing program. I happen to work there, too, so uh, I'd love to talk about it, but the the coolest thing is the IASIS and the recovery support. We're really doing something unique in the treatment world. You guys actually have really good numbers. Yeah, our numbers are We don't have fantastic. a lot of faith in the recovery community because, unfortunately, the the people that really you know, stay sober is low, but in your area... You said in your we don't detox, have a lot of faith in the recovery community. I'm saying... Well, you mean the treatment industry. You, the treatment industry, yeah. Yes, yeah, we yeah, have yeah, very yeah, little yeah. faith in the But you guys had rec- really good numbers. What's really cool, because we have almost two years of data now, yeah. and so looking at it, the national average, doesn't matter where you go, what what kind of treatment you're doing, it's about an 80 to 90% relapse rate, yeah. usually within the first 90 days after you leave. That's national anywhere. Treatment yeah. doesn't treat whatever it is that we right. have. <laughs> usually a 12-step fellowship that picks them up <laughs> yep, after that. Yep. And at Matthew's Help, because of our care model and the IASIS and the recovery support and everything that we implement with the clients that want to get well, uh, we're averaging about an 85% sobriety rate and mm. that's wild that's of those crazy. people that stay in recovery support and are yeah. taking our suggestions do you so. guys just like lock them up in one of the wings there and they're not allowed to leave and they keep them sober <laughs> or how are you doing this? no they have freedom when they leave oh. they can go anywhere and do anything and they can get recovered okay. and they don't have to avoid triggers they don't have to change people places and things they just get to be free live their life live their life to the fullest so if you or a loved one would like any information about the matthews hope program you can visit our website mhdrp.org herbert.org or give us a call <laughs> you hate it when i do that every week i shake my head no at her when she does that <laughs> that's why i do it i have to you know rebel against his authority yeah. so the phone number is 844-263-4673 and as usual you are listening to us with our many 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 listenership um <laughs> across a one county radius and <laughs> Houston, Texas. I, I love how successful our show is becoming. It's it's so cool to look at the numbers and the growth. And I like to downplay it. I know uh, you do. Uh, but you know what? But um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful we have an opportunity to educate the public about recovery and be funny and be ourselves yeah. and give people a window into our And we were told recently that our listenership has grown. So yeah, I'm pretty grateful cool. to that person. Um, so you're listening to us on KPRC 950 if you're in Houston, or you can go to the iHeartRadio app and listen on the KPRC 950 channel at 1 p.m. on Sundays, Central Time, or if you don't catch us, they upload every show on Sunday to the Relevant Recovery Radio uh, podcast. On so iHeart. You can listen to current, old. All of our uh, past episodes Yeah, you there. can check them all out. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Has anybody messaged you? No, here's what I figured out. I'm not very good at this. I had messages turned off. So oh, Lord. <laughs> the Facebook 
when you make a business page and promote it or what, like there's all kinds of settings. You can get lost in the sauce real easily. And so I tried to do something to see. And it was, I thought you were a Facebook professional. Not on the business you, side. I'm, you're on I'm it a like meme 20. Queen. I'm a meme queen. You're on it 23 hours a day. I thought Less you'd be good than, at it by this point. But no. So I finally turned the messaging capability on. <laughs> all right. So let's so. see if this works. So if we can get one of our many, 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 many listeners out there to, to hit our Facebook, hit our Instagram, shoot us a message. Just follow us and you can message me on there now. And uh, if you have any questions about addiction or recovery, we would yeah. love to answer your questions on the radio. I also wanted to mention for anyone that's not a drug addict or alcoholic that doesn't need detox, we also have an outpatient clinic for IASIS, the microcurrent neurofeedback. Yeah. And so if you're interested in that, you can give Brittany a call at 832 832- All right. So what is our topic for today, Mrs. Mosier? Well, you and I have thought a lot about it and planned it for a long time on this topic. About an hour ago. (laughs) Right? And And actually, here's the funny thing. thing. It comes up all the time and I shoot this down. Every week, (laughs) every week, I suggest this, and every week you say, that's stupid. We can't talk about it for an hour, but I think we can get... I know we can talk about... So the topic today is about living in God's will. Yeah. This is such a broad topic that every time you shoot that idea, your idea feels very broad and not interesting. Because it's mine. Yeah. And so I would like us to be much more specific around like practical application, because I think that's where... You know, like the idea of being a believer or in church, and all the church people that we see come to the 12-step fellowship to get well. There's a broad idea of, oh, I'm a believer, so I'm good. Or, oh, I already live in God's will because I believe in Jesus. Or, And that's not or the same I'm, thing. Or I'm Buddhist or Hindu whatever or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever faith or belief you follow. I will start this episode with this idea. There's a, there's a wait, so whatever what? faith or belief that you follow, are you saying that there is a an idea that that faith alone is sufficient for you to be good. (laughs) Right. It's not sufficient for you to be good. Okay. I think that there's a gulf where we lose people. And I'll just say this from like a Christian perspective real quick. There's a lot of people that are, quote, saved or believers, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that can't stay sober. Right. We know many. And the flip is true. There's a lot of people who are staying sober and living really productive, purposeful lives that aren't necessarily attached to a certain faith or idea. They're not religious. And so... You know, so I want to kind of dissect that idea of how to live day to day practical application in God's will or in a spiritual direction, whatever the higher power, spirit of the universe, God idea is to you. And what it looks like. Yeah. Right. Because I think that God talks to us all the time and and we don't we don't get it. We don't know it. Right. And so we become desensitized to it in life. Right. When we live life based on what I want, what my desires are, what my goals are. Self. Self. We preach about that all the time. Society is so self-obsessed that they just think they're doing their best or, quote, living their best life. And they have no idea they're living in full-blown selfishness. (laughs) Self-care. Woo! And I'm just saying, I want to give our listeners some examples of our own personal journeys and our own personal experience on what we're actually talking about when we say that, living in God's will, living in a spiritual direction day to day, not seeking, self. Seeking God's will, right? Actually looking for it. And what does it look like when I hear it? What does it look like when I feel it? What does it look like when I get the answer that I don't want? Because I think people are confused on, is that God or is that me? It's in my head. I, I thought I had. <laughs> All right. So check it out. For those of you we didn't lose with this opening, <laughs> come right back and we're going to get into this. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosher. I'm still here. We're here with the Matthews Hope Foundation. If you have any questions about our program, give us a call at 844-263-4673. So we're talking about living life with spiritual direction, not self-direction today. Right. Seeking a power outside of ourselves to be successful, happy, joyous, free. And people, um, I think, delusionally go through life believing they do that when they actually don't. And so we right. have to dissect these day-to-day experiences, thoughts, and direction to see, to separate if it's self or spiritual. What's the giveaway? It's inconvenient for me if it's from God. But what's <laughs> what's the giveaway? We see this all the time. There's people that, that we hear in That's our fellowship. That's not the you're looking for then. Right. No, it's not. We we see and hear it in our fellowship or we, we know people and they're like, yeah, totally connected to God. Yeah, Seeing I hear well. God. Yeah. What's the giveaway that you we always know they're not? The way they live their life. Right. <laughs> they're stressed about everything in their life. They complain. They spend money. They're love addicts, whatever it is. There's all sorts of unmanageabilities that flare up in day-to-day life around right. externals and internals. And so- Because what, things do happen. Now, listen- I, Right. I, life still happens. But I'm saying like they're not able to accept life on life's terms or navigate that with a peace and serenity. They are too affected by the world around them. And okay. so if someone is not in control of their emotional nature, in other words, if someone- if, if the world dominates you or yeah. if your emotions dominate you or if you're obsessed with your feelings all the time, chances are you're not spiritually connected. Which means you're living in self. Living in self. I can't be spiritually connected if I'm so obsessed with self. Right, because spiritual direction is usually outside yourself. So I want to start with one specific story. This was the first time I think I heard what you call that still small voice that, mm. that I actually heard and listened and followed through with action when I heard God. Um, I was a few months sober, maybe two months sober, this time, it was after all my relapses. Try number 27. Try, yeah, whatever it was. Um, but I got sober, worked the 12 steps. Young lady, that could be your last chip. <laughs> I worked the 12 steps. I'm like two, maybe months sober, living in sober living. And everybody's gone one day. And I go to the kitchen to make me a drink. And I'm cracking the ice cube trays to put ice in my cup. And I dropped an ice cube on the ground. And instinctively, Heather went to go kick the ice cube back under the fridge. But this still small voice, this conviction, this gut moment, this idea just popped in my head. Pick it up and put it in the sink like an adult. And I was like, that was weird. Okay. Bent over, picked it up, threw it in the sink. I followed through. And then I just had this like epiphany of, is that what integrity is? Or is that what God sounds like? Is it that simple? I'm just saying it is that simple, but I had never looked for it or heard it before. Yeah. I think we ignore it. I think we are we are so into self that there's like a wall between us and that voice. Or we hear it and we just ignore it all the time decide. without even knowing you're ignoring it. You can't it. decide just to turn it on. I know that the, the spiritual disciplines and actions that I were doing via the 12 steps mm-hmm. had opened me up to hear that conviction about something as simple and stupid as an ice cube. Seeking it over and over and, and over. And so what I have asked girls to do and what I'm asking my our listeners to do is to open that spiritual sixth sense up to look for it because here's the trick we become when we live in self we become super desensitized to spiritual direction spiritual voice inside well We're, I I always talked about it that I, I live in a bubble of, of one, one right I, I say I live in a claustrophobic kingdom of one right so I live in this bubble of one where nobody else is in my consideration and I'm not a malicious person. Mm. It's just that when I'm in self, I didn't even know you existed. Right. Right. And it was like, I didn't even think it was that bad of a thing to kick the ice cube. Right. I'm not gonna, 
I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't correlating that I can become spiritual by listening to that voice and picking up the ice mm. cube. It was just this beginning of maybe that's integrity, like doing the right thing, following that voice, even if it's inconvenient for me. And this was a small inconvenience, but I'm saying, look at those sort of examples around, like when you go grocery shopping, do you actually go put the cart up in the corral? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you should, but we're lazy and self-centered and we just want to stick it on the nearest curb. Yeah. You know, and those people, by the way, well, I'm, I won't say that, but they deserve something. <laughs> so that was my first experience of hearing from God. But here's the here's the kicker. Once you hear from it, once you hear the spiritual direction, you must follow through with the action it's asking you to do. If you do not, that voice will become silent again. Right. Desensitized to and you will not hear it anymore. And next thing you know, your purse, gun and cash are stolen out of your car. So when we were. <laughs> When we were looking for a house and we pulled up to that restaurant, uh-huh. I, I will never forget it. As I pulled in the driveway, there was this little thing in my gut that was like park over there. Yeah. But then I saw this spot to the left that was closer to the door. So convenience. You're like, I'm going to park here. I'm going to park here. But it's just weird that why would I have this thing in my gut that said park over here? So I parked closer to the door, but it was so also- you ignored the voice. I did. And it was closer to the corner of the roads yeah. out front. I remember. We were in there less than 20 minutes, came out, window was smashed, your purse was gone, my gun was gone, cash was gone. Like, And people might think we're stupid for leaving a gun and cash and my purse, but like literally we were switching bank accounts and looking for houses to rent. And there was a reason. We were in a hurry, we were in a flurry, and we were- Hungry too. And we so just there was stopped a in a grab a taco. Yeah. All of that happened to be in our vehicle. <clears throat> and right. you've lived in Houston your whole life and you knew not to do that. I was living here for two weeks. You I, left your purse visible. We don't lock our doors or windows in Oklahoma. I had no idea oh. what was life was like in Houston. That country must be magical. <laughs> it's boring. I know that. But people don't break in like they do but here. But that's, that's a for instance. I, I can tell you many, many times where I will get that little nudge that says to do this or don't do this. And I don't. Right. And I pay the price. You pay a spiritual price. So there's... There's something in our literature that says, as in war, the victor only seemed to win. And so that's what we're talking about. If you don't pick up the ice cube, if you don't put the shopping cart up, if you don't get that spot that was nudging you to get, you're going to pay a spiritual price, even mm-hmm. if you think you get what you want at the time. But how do you get there? Right. So how does somebody, let's say you, let's take the three, the three from the We Agnostics chapter. Let's take the agnostic, the believer, and the anti-believer, right? Because our 12-step fellowship believes that anyone can be connected to God. Sure, or a higher power or a spirit of the universe, whatever it is you're calling it. So how do you go from a disconnected, self-reliant person to somebody who has a relationship with this power? And by the way, I want to just throw out a disclaimer there, is that... um, there are people in Heather and I's church that know that we do this and they may listen and there's people in the fellowship that may listen. Heather and I are Christians. Yeah. We are believers 100%. But we also know based on my history that I didn't get here from church. No. I grew up in church. I grew up believing. I always had faith in Jesus. I believed in Jesus every time I put a needle in my arm. That faith right. did not save me from myself. And when I came to the fellowship to get sober, I was an atheist. Right. So what I'm saying with that statement is that you can go from totally anti-believing in God to having a full-blown relationship with God and, and anywhere still in between. And still live in self. And so that's what I want to break down. 
But what did it take to get there? Like, what was your process? The price that has to be paid is the destruction of self-centeredness. But the steps give me the pathway to destruct self. I had to take a look at... Through self-sacrifice. Oh, yes. It's always through self-sacrifice. It's never through self-indulgence, right? People will say, oh, you got to love yourself before you can love other people. They'll say, oh, self-care. You should value yourself. You should absolutely take care of yourself. But I'm saying the world is spun this into something super narcissistic that makes people even more self-obsessed right and even right. more spiritually sick as a result of that as a as a completely self-obsessed selfish person the last path i ever thought i would be on is of service, service. to others <laughs> i mean that's like what no but i think that that's important to understand here's the thing in the 12-step world we have our own language and certain words mean certain things that it does not mean to the rest of the world right and agnostic is one of those words yeah in the rest of the world an agnostic is someone who's neutral that says, they don't say they believe or disbelieve. They're like, oh, I'm Switzerland. It's okay? like whatever, yeah. That is not what it means in the 12-step world. In the 12-step world, to be an agnostic is someone who is living a self-directed life, not a spiritually directed life. So you can be an atheist that's agnostic, according to 12-step literature. Right. A Christian, you can be a Buddhist, a Christian, a Buddhist, a, Hindu, a believer. Yeah. But if you're living a self-directed life, not a spiritually directed life, you are agnostic according to the 12 steps. Meaning you're not going to be connected to the power that you believe in. Therefore, mm-hmm. you will not have the power to stay sober or live a happy right. life. Right. And so the reason I wanted to say that is because... You hear these things in the rooms, almost going to give it to God. Let go and let God. Let go. Just turn it over. Nobody knows what the heck that means. No, they don't. They say it, and it sounds fluffy and beautiful. Right. But if I was to go to Susie Q, and she just shared about her divorce right. and what, her dead dog or whatever it is, and, and I said, hey, give it to God, she won't have a clue what that means. That's what I'm saying. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about building. Like, how do I get this relationship? Because there is no checklist to get the relationship so that I start hearing that voice. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. I'm I'm still here. You're still here. and We're talking about living a spiritually directed life, not a self-centered life. Basically. <laughs> and it's it's a tough conversation um, because I would have told you when I got sober that I was just complete. There was that person that we had that time who was like, I'm completely unselfish. I'm just serving others. <laughs> it's always like, delusional. I was so delusional when I got here. You know, I didn't know any better. I didn't realize how self-serving I was. Right. And I think that that's a piece that's missing from church. Mm-hmm. Um, people in church know that they should be self-serving or help others or help the whip but day-to-day life they really just want to show up sunday pay their tithes and do what they want to do monday and we don't want to like we don't want to say that about everybody i mean there's plenty of people in church who serve right but and i just i just think that that's the beauty of what what forces you to change your habits in the Mm -hmm. 12-step world Mm -hmm. you're forced to make time for others all the time with people you don't want to be part of the 12 steps i don't have a choice yeah it's it's, what did you say it's doing things you don't want to do at times inconvenient for me with people i don't want to be with or something like that well it was my very first sponsor and i can say his full name because he's passed but john nelson used to say that he'd say the three keys to sobriety are doing things i don't want to do with people I don't want to be with in places that are inconvenient. Yeah, and I think that that is the magic. It sounds horrible at face value, Mm -hmm. but you become disciplined of practicing that. Watch how happy your life gets. Okay, so (laughs) somebody is out there listening right now, and they're like, well, how how do I do this? Because for us to say... 
listen to the voice, listen to God talking to you, listen to the spirit of the universe directing you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and what I don't mean when we say that. What we don't mean is your human instincts. Right, but your if human I'm... instincts can't be trusted. So how do we separate that that voice inside being? Was that me or is that God? And, and what I said was we were leaving the last segment was there's no checklist. So if you're telling me that I need to listen to the spirit of the universe, I need to listen to this God consciousness, I can't just start doing it. Right. You can't just decide, I'm going to be spiritual today. Right. So <laughs> what what is the path to get there? Because there is there truly is no checklist. Here's the problem that I see a lot. And, and this was what was in my mind in the beginning was like, okay, cool. Give me the map. Yeah. Give me the checklist. Give me the, you just tell me what I have to do and I'm just going to do it. And it's like, it's really just not that easy. Mm-hmm. The way I finally found that voice, the way that I finally began to start to listen to that voice and build that relationship was literally seeking a relationship with God. Right. Right. And it was for me. Prayer and meditation. Inundating. Well, for me, it, it started with prayer and meditation in the mornings, right? Mm-hmm. Reading, reading some spiritual reading. Yeah. Um, saying a prayer to God, asking for help for the day, asking for maybe forgiveness for my behavior yesterday, sitting quietly, contemplating the day ahead. Yeah. But then for me, because I was so anti coming in, as I literally had to fill my head all day long with spiritual podcasts, Mm -hmm. spiritual music, and then close out the day sort of in the same way. And I had to do that for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think what years. it did is you had to do that for years. I really did. to develop your God consciousness. Um, and I, I didn't. I was super spiritual right away. <laughs> we need a buzzer, like. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's really about seeking a relationship, and I think that's what people have trouble with, is they get so hung up on the concept yeah. that they begin, they forget that there is a creator of the universe, and I want a relationship with him. I have a really cool example of exactly what you're talking about. It was when I first moved here. And it was the first sponsee I got when mm-hmm. I moved here. And this girl was a chronic, chronic relapser. She'd been to treatment all over. I think she had 17 days sober when I met her. Uh, we met at some meetings and she called me. Long story short, I began sponsoring her, but she was real mm, stubborn, can we say? Entitled and stubborn and, and had her own ideas of what she thought the 12 steps were and things like that. She'd been in and out for years. And I said, listen, give me six weeks of your life. Give me six weeks. You do everything I ask you to do. You actually do it when you're alone, away from me. And then then we'll part ways at six weeks if you don't have what you want. And uh, I've never met someone quite as willing and desperate. It was a beautiful thing. But as we went through this process, um, I was really having to point out some massive character defects that I knew she had based on what she's showing me and sharing with me. And very entitled, very self-centered, very raised a certain way. And so it was I it was an odd thing as a sponsor trying to show this to someone who's never been shown these harsh truths, right? Right. But we did the process. She did the work. And I know that she did the work when she wasn't around me. I know mm-hmm. she did the disciplines because we get a few months down the line. She's through the steps and sponsoring other people. She hasn't fired me yet. And she calls me one morning at like 6 a.m. Rich people get up really early. I don't know what's up with that, but she calls me one morning at like 6 a.m. <laughs> and she's That's like- That's why they're rich. Apparently. <laughs> she goes- They get up early and they go to work. She's crying and she's like so de- she was mad she was like heather i need to ask you something and i'm like what she goes is it god's will for me to drink this orange juice i'm like 
what? <laughs> and she goes, is it God's will for me to drink this orange juice? She's like, I poured a glass for my kids. I poured me a glass. There's a lot of calories. There's pulp. I don't know if it's healthy. Like, is it God's will for me to drink this orange juice? She was livid, bothered, and legitimately asking me this question. Mm -hmm. And I paused for a second. And I kind of giggled. And she goes, what's so funny? I said, the fact that you care whether or not the orange juice is God's will is all that God wanted in the first place. That's right. Now you've learned how to include God in everything. Everybody wants to know, is this the perfect job? Is, is this, this the person I should date? Is right. God wants to be included. There's a whole lot of specifics God doesn't care about, like right. the orange juice. He just wants to be included in everything. Are you stopping to ask for the spiritual direction in anything, much less everything? Right, right. <clears throat> and, and I think the thing is, okay, here we go. I finally found it. So, what you're saying in working the steps. So I found the 12-step um, group, Alcoholics Anonymous, was formed on the basis of a group called the Oxford Group. Yes. And the Oxford Group was a Christian church yes. out of Oxford, And they had England. six tenants that would become our 12 steps. And I found them. Yeah. So this is, it's a Christian base that then the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous took. Borrowed. Borrowed. <laughs> And, and created the 12 steps. But when you look at them, it's number one, admitted hopelessness, right? So I admit that of myself, I am I'm nothing. nothing. I need the I'm creator. I'm powerless. Uh, if I wasn't powerless, then I'd be able to just choose to wave a magic wand in my life and fix everything. But I'm not. I run, I run in that little hamster wheel, trying right. my ideas and they fail me. Right. So two is to get honest with self. That's Ooh, so hard. To that's get, rough. I didn't know if I had the ability to be honest with myself, because you don't always know where you're lying to yourself. And that's what's beautiful about the 12-step world and what a sponsor and a fellowship does for you is they mm -hmm. show you where you're lying to yourself. They smash your delusion mm -hmm. and give you an opportunity to accept truth, maybe for the first time in your life. Right. And so I think that when I get honest with myself, I start looking at my real behavior. This yeah. is really how I act and how I treat people. Number three is that you got honest with another. So now once I get honest about my behavior, once I get honest about the things I've really done and I pull that stuff out of the dark, mm -hmm. I tell God and another human being, yeah. there's such a relief there that it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. The number four of the six tenets is that I make amends. So now clean it up. I know the truth about me. I've admitted the deepest, darkest. I've cleared every nook and cranny and told somebody else in the presence of God and now that other person gives me direction on how to go clean that Now up. I'm going to go clean it up. So right? that I can have a clean slate in life. Because what people don't know is... And, when, and I'm cleaning my conscience, right? Right. Because what you don't know is if you don't clean up the past in that kind of format or that sort of genuine way, mm -hmm. then all that trash, all that dirt, all that dust accumulates in your mind and in your heart and in your conscience. And it keeps you from living the life you're supposed to live. It keeps you obsessed with yourself. Right. <laughs> um, and by the way, these six tenets are spiritual principles. I don't care what religion or spiritual practice. Most of them incorporate all of this. They just word it differently. But these, I think, are basic spiritual principles. Okay, so then after making amends, number five is that you're going to help others without demand. Right. So I'm going to help people just because. Right. Not because I'm going to get something out of it, not so I can post it on Facebook later and show you everybody how go good I am. don't want to go deliver Meals on Wheels and then let's post about it on Facebook together. Or let's go to a restaurant <laughs> and tip 
tip the bill, tip the bill and, video and then video it. the whole thing because <laughs> all spiritual benefit is gone at that point. Right, right, right. Okay. And then number six, pray to God as you understand him. Whatever it is. And the longer I've been doing this, the less I understand him. I can and that's tell you the that. beauty of it. I came in thinking I knew exactly what God was and wasn't. And although my conception of God hasn't changed, like my faith or belief, yeah. um, I just understand as I'm spiritually mature that I really just don't understand God. Right. <laughs> it's outside of my comprehension. And so what these things have done is I have broken down self, which is what blocks me from the spirit of the universe, you from God. You clean up your past. You clean up the past. You go out and you start helping others, build esteem. You start feeling good. Like this, this is how you break self down and begin to build that relationship. And that's the magical thing. One of the 12-step co-founders, Dr. Bob, he was a doctor, mm -hmm. and it's famous in, in the literature that he would write on a prescription tablet, trust God, clean house, help others. Mm. That is the prescription for success and for happiness. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick well, break. Well, I thought I was going to take oh, us out. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, take my job. Wow. Um, don't go anywhere. <laughs> We're going to be right back here in a minute with Relevant Recovery Radio. Selfish and self-centered. That's right. <laughs> listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about living in spiritual direction today. Is it spiritual direction, God's will, seeking God's will? Whatever you know what? I think it. it's seeking any will but mine. It's the destruction of self-centeredness, which is a beautiful thing and oh, not a horrible thing. This world needs it. You oh, need this it. World needs oh, it. God, do you need it. Anyways. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm excited to be married to you. <laughs> I was thinking that on the way here. <laughs> we, we actually do, uh, you know, we make jokes. Oh, yeah. But we do, I think, a pretty good job at home of serving the this. other. Mm -hmm. And I just think that. And I, it's the little things. Like every morning I get up before you, so I make sure I try to be quiet. I shut the door. I let you sleep. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I bring the dog in to nose you and wake you up like I did this morning. But yeah, that was rude. Um, sometimes when you don't expect it, I like to just do the laundry or a I, I do like to cook, so I cook, but I like to do the dishes. And then there's things that you love to do for me, right? You, you give me attention. You give me. You think I'm going to make a joke, but I mean like. No. I you know are that, super supportive. You put so up with I'm, a lot of craziness I'm for me. I'm not cuddly. I'm not affectionate physically. And, right. and you like PDA. You like me to hold your hand. You like me to You're put such my a arm dude. around you. I don't like to cuddle after you know what. Like I, I just, I know yeah. you do though. And so, so you do it. So I do it because yeah. I do it for you because I want to serve you and I want it to be a reciprocal like love yeah. marriage thing. And so, but this is what I'm talking about. Look at your relationships. Look at the things you do that are self-serving. In my previous relationships, when I had no spiritual direction, I was living in self-direction. Mm -hmm. Every husband I ever had before you, they didn't pay me enough attention. They didn't earn enough money. They didn't laugh at my jokes. They didn't whatever. I feel like we should take a moment and pray for them. <laughs> I'm They're probably still seeking counsel. The faults were all them, not me. Right. And I wasn't getting what I wanted. I was a taker, taker, taker. But and the I reality was not is, is, could they have ever made you happy? Enough? No. Right. There's nothing they could have done that would have satisfied Only me. Only God. And so I have a similar story about another really profound. Is that So I shared the orange juice story. I shared the ice cube story. These are really small forks in the road mm -hmm. to listen to that still small voice of conviction, of guidance. Um, but one big one was you and I had started dating, and I think I had like 14 months sober. Mm -hmm. So judgment on you for dating someone with such little time, but whatever. Because <laughs> um, you had like five years at the time. But 
I may have had like double your sobriety, but you had double my spirituality at the time. That's definitely true. Yeah, I can admit that. Men just mature slower. But anyways, so my point is, is that I was living in Kerrville. You were living in Houston. Your career was here. You wanted me to move from there to here. I didn't want to make major life decisions based on self anymore. Oh, you're going to do this is a long story. So, no, I'm just going to shorten it. Okay. So, long story short, see how I just did that? If I say that, it's not a long story anymore. So, thought, long story short. I thought you were going to do the three-month contract, not this contract. But anyway, uh, go ahead. That's a different contract. So, here's what happened. I was debating moving. My sponsor said, because I, I brought her a pro and cons list. Pro and cons of Cur- Kerrville and Houston. Which was basically Heather making Heather, the decision. Heather's list. Heather's yeah. thoughts. Heather's feelings. Heather's what. you know. And she's like, that's cute. Throw that away. And I was like, what? She goes, God doesn't care about your pro and con list. What does God want? And I'm like, well, I don't know. She goes, you better figure that out. She said, go home, pray about it, meditate on it, and you make a contract with God on paper. What does he want from you? Yeah. And so I went home and did all that. I didn't really understand the assignment. I remember the phone call. I was so mad because so, I just uh, knew she was trying to keep you in Kerrville. So I made this list of this contract. And what came out of that prayer and meditation was like eight or nine things that God wanted me to finish before I left Kerrville. And so I called you and read the list. You were I was screaming livid. mad. <laughs> I was livid. I was like, they're just trying to keep you there. <laughs> you were not happy and you were arguing with me. I said, listen, this is a contract between God and I, and I have to stick to it because if I bend here, if I choose you over God, then I don't stay spiritually fit and we have no relationship anyway. Right. I will be total, you know, mess moving, yeah. you know? And so I convinced you that it was the right thing and you agreed. Okay, Heather, but this is going to take six or nine months. Begrudgingly, I did. Because I owed like child support. I, I had to live in sober living because I was still on criminal paper. I had um, probation fees to pay. I had months of rent back owed, all this stuff. So what's crazy is after I made this contract, uh, like the next week I got a job and and it was a week before Christmas. I'd only been at this job one week. Yeah. And it was two weeks or so into this contract. But what's crazy is God took care of every single thing on that contract, that list, in about two and a half weeks, except for one thing. Yeah. And yeah. and I remember just being blown away that God was like taking care of this check, taking care of this check. Like that new job gave me four different cash bonuses my first week there. Is that because you're blonde and have no soul? No. Okay. No, they were just nice or it was God. That's why. I paid up all my back probation stuff. I yeah. paid up my rent. My dog had like seizures and had well, to be put down. The Anyways, dog. Yeah. poor dog. <laughs> but what I'm saying is everything on the list got taken care of except for one thing. And I remember calling you the one thing was that if I stayed sober until February 6th that year, I could be free to leave sober living legally. Because you'd be off paper. Because I'd be off paper. And so I called you and I told you and you laughed. And why did you laugh? Because it was my birthday. It was your birthday. Yeah. And I didn't know that. We didn't really know each other that well. Right. And but we. But you had this list that you're like, this can never be done. And the truth of it is, by you, it. by you, it couldn't. Right. On my own power, it was going to take six months to a year. But on God's power, it was two and a half weeks. So, And here's what all of this looks like. I, I, and when I Self-sacrifice. We, we I wanted always, to just move here. Right. We always talk about the fact that when I got sober, I was so atheist and anti-God and all of that. And the way it started to look for me around two, two and a half years sober was that things like this would happen. Um, I was sponsoring a guy. He goes to this men's meeting on a Tuesday night. Well, I had a Tuesday meeting I like. You didn't want to go that Tuesday. You no, to Tuesday. because I needed to go to my meeting. How are they going to stay sober without me? You know what I mean? <laughs> 
And so I had my meeting, my friends, I wanted to go. And he was getting like a 90 day chip, wanted me to go. And I'm like, Ugh. I really didn't want to Self-sacrifice, go. Self-sacrifice, you went. But there was that little voice in me is like, you need to go. Yeah. You need to be there for him. This has nothing to do with you. So I go to that meeting. Um, I meet this new guy in there. We're talking afterwards. Now it's like, it's 32 degrees outside, which in Houston, that's not very often. Right. So we're standing outside afterwards, and this guy that I met, who's sort of new to town, goes over to the bushes and pulls a 10-speed out of the bushes. So he rode a bicycle to the meeting. He rode a- In 32-degree like, weather. I'm like, are you, bro, are you sure about this? Like, where are you going? Um, and he goes, I, I, it's about, I don't know, what was it? It was 25 miles or 20 miles or something, because the way he had to ride, because he had to cross several freeways and all that. And I was like, throw it in the truck. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I, like, I will give you a ride wherever you got to go. You don't need to ride that tonight. It's, you know, nine o'clock, 30 degrees out. It's crazy. But he was willing to go to any length. Yeah. I'm in a meeting I'm not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I was like, fine, let's go. Throw it in the truck. Where are you going? And it turns out I lived about 20 miles away. Mm -hmm. And he lived on the street literally right behind my house. Wow. Right. And so that was one of the first instances for me. You were supposed to be at that meeting to help that guy. I went against what self wanted. Mm -hmm. I went pro what this power wanted, and I was able to help somebody. And it was I was on fire. I was like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> that's like God showing up. And it was like that that push to, to okay, now let's let's do this again. Let's keep digging. Let's go deeper. It's and deeper. exciting when it happens because it's. There are no coincidences, right? And and you're like, I was supposed to skip the meeting I wanted to go to. I decided to sacrifice what I wanted because I was mm -hmm. supposed to be there to help that guy. Right. And the more that that kind of thing happens, the more excited you get about the spiritual life you're beginning to live. It's one of those paradoxes, right? <laughs> it's it's this paradox that I come in and admit that I'm powerless. And the more I look to God, the more power I feel. Right. And so I want to encourage our listeners, doesn't matter what your religious beliefs, what your background, what your belief system is. Look for the ice cube moments. There are a million forks in the road every minute of your life to choose self or to choose spiritual direction. And the the quick route to get there or the steady route is self-sacrifice. And what that means is that I'm going to do for others for no reason except to do it. Right. And that's, I think, what's so hard. And I think that's what keeps us in the trenches. That's what keeps us on the correct path to serving others is that, it's not that I just want to, I'm not just this great guy that does for others. It's just a part of my life today. Mm -hmm. It's what I do. And I know in the back of my mind that because I do this, I'm on God's path. And therefore, I get to hear that voice way more often. So look for your orange juice moments. Look for your ice cube moments. And thank you for listening. If you need any information about the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, visit our website, mhdrp.org, or give us a call, 844 263-4673. And also, if you'd like our IASIS outpatient clinic, it's 832-397-9179. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. That's right. Hashtag God, God though. though.